Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Thank you ever so much, as always, for uh, listening to uh, the podcast. And uh, as always, we had a conversation. Andy set the uh, listeners a challenge. Well, I say challenge, as you'll discover. Um, (laughs) Tim Vine joined us. We caught up with Tim, the comedian, uh, in lockdown. He was on very good form. Told us what he'd been up to. And Davy Robertson, who uh, managed in India, subject of uh, a very a sort of cult-like uh, TV documentary, the second yeah. uh, series of it. It starts tonight, doesn't it? That's so right, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's on tonight on uh, BBC Scotland. And, uh, yeah, it, it returned to real Kashmir. It sounds really good. And um, we had a bit of planning news. And um, we had uh, Andy Smart with his top five films from the world of racing. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Ward as well. Mike Ward was on very good form. Um, So, anyway, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And, uh, ah, there was dejection in the flat last night. Oh, dear. Chasing the flat record that we achieved on Friday night. 747 uninterrupted shots in a table tennis rally. Yes. Took 14 and a half minutes. So you can imagine it's not easy to get... Once you've set a mark like that, it's hard to get back to that. Yeah. So there we are. We're it's a mental barrier, isn't it? It's a mental barrier it to is overcome. Very much Knowing you're going to be mental playing... Bar- you're going to be playing tennis, <laughs> table tennis, you and your wife, for at least 15 minutes to beat that, which is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. And so we get to 650. We're going well. We're in a nice rhythm. Because sometimes during these rallies, the ball goes all over the place, and then it's hard to get it back in, into calm control. Yeah. And then at 679, we're calling it the one that got away. Sue just inexplicably, it wasn't a, it was in the normal spot. She just put it into the net. You should have heard the language and it wasn't from me. Oh, really? Uh, Wow. (laughs) The expletive, it was incredible. She's not used to it. She's not used because of not being a sport lover. She's not used to the disappointment of top level sport. So uh, she was, oh, she was gutted. Because I I go through and analyze it. Andy, do you think she'll come through lockdown with a different perspective on your kind of mad raging, your Barnston worth like... (laughs) Raging that goes on after the Chelsea games because now she's in, yeah, in maybe. now she's seen what sport can do to you as a competitor. Maybe she'll have a very different view on it. She'll sit there effing and jeffing along with the best of them. It's, it's very possible. I hope yeah. so. It is to be hoped. Oh. And uh, enjoyed the excellent uh, Ali Ross column as ever. And, oh, you got to uh, mention, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I've got to mention, he absolutely slaughtered me, basically, in unexpected morons in the bagging area. Last week, I made the point that it was a question that he was ridiculing the answer. I didn't actually know the answer. <laughs> so uh, he said, so he's asked for contributions. He says, all contributions welcome, but please keep in mind, the target audience is TalkSport's Andy Jacobs, so keep them simple. That's right. And the, even, but even this week in Tenable, Warwick Davis, we're looking for the first 10 countries on the Moroccan Sea, anti-clockwise from Morocco. And the bloke says, Chad. Well, that's obviously the wrong answer, but I don't know the right answer. So I can't really ridicule Kerry H, who said Chad, because uh, what is the right answer to that? Does anybody know? Well, that's, I mean, I've not, I, I don't know, I need to have a it's think hard, about it? it, Andy. My geography knowledge of that it's region. Not that, it's, not that, it's not that easy a question, though, is it? I don't no, think. No, I wouldn't say it's not, it's, not, it's not like some of the ones you get on tipping point. How do you spell dog? I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> no. it's not that kind of thing. Well, this is one, really? this is a typical one that Ali came up with. Uh, ben Shepherd on tipping point. The word platonic derived from the name of which ancient Greek philosopher? And Tom said Pluto instead okay. of Plato, which is <laughs> fair enough, really. <laughs> I mean, that's the sort of, I get that one. Yeah. That's easy. I get now, that. Andy, I want to I want to try and I want to try and cheer you up if I can now. I, I want to contemplate uh, now. This is all about growth spurts. This is Virgil Van Dyke saying today he thought his career was over at sixteen, before mm. a seven-inch summer growth spurt transformed him. And one of the recurring themes, well, one of the recurring themes of of the last dance, and I think they've mentioned it in more than one player. You've got I think it, it might have been Scotty Pippen or Rodman, and certainly with uh, Jordan. Uh, a couple of times, coaches say he went off that summer and he was six foot two. Yeah. But when he came back the next season, <laughs> yes. he was six foot eight. And you think, uh, and that's what changed. So I was thinking, Andy, there might still be time for you. You, <laughs> oh, I mean, you, imagine? you could still have a growth spurt. Wouldn't it be good? I mean, you've always had this thing about being a bit short. It's always what you'd wanted. So what's the cutoff? Do we know what the cutoff is for a growth spurt? It's, it's probably it's a bit. It's probably, definitely not 67. It's not 67. You never know. You could, you could make the papers. You could be in the star, couldn't you? 67-year-old well, man has seven-inch growth spurt. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Well, By the time you, I'm, glad you I, added, I'm glad you added growth spurt. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That, otherwise, that'd be the sport, the Sunday sport. But by the, by the time I see you again, you could be six foot two, which would which be lovely for you, well, taller than me. We'll all be looking be, up to I'd be delighted. Uh, I always like a bit of health advice, and I like to pass it on. But this one's mm. a bit odd, actually. Eating a handful of almonds a day could cut the risk of heart disease. And I kind of knew that. Yeah. And it says uh, a handful of almonds, yeah. Researchers at Tufts University at Massachusetts, US, found those who ate 30 to 40 almonds daily had lower levels of cholesterol. Well, whose hand is that handful? Pat Jennings. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get 40 almonds in one handful. That's not. I'd say about three or four or five. I think you've thrown down the gauntlet to some of the talk sport listeners. (laughs) Look, let's be honest. You've got nothing else to do this (laughs) afternoon. So why don't you go to your cupboard now? If you've got a pack of almonds, count them out, 40. Put 40 in your hand. Get someone else, you can take it yourself. Take a photograph of it and prove Andy wrong. We want to see pictures of people with 40 arms. That's a good idea. In their I hand. like you, boy. That's uh, a very good idea. Well, it's not really, is it? It is. Um, it's, this it's, one, well, yeah. it is. Because, I mean, it will prove the point either or not. This one's a very strange one. Maybe the listeners have got something they can offer us on this one. This is a birth announcement uh, to the family Waiterwitz. That's the name. 28th of April, 2020. Charlotte and Damien Waiterwitz. A son, Arlo William, brother to Sir Herbert. Well, surely Sir Herbert can't be... How old Sir Herbert? You can't be less than 50. That's a very odd situation, isn't it? Says he's a brother to Sir Herbert. Says his name, Sir Herbert. Yeah. Wasn't there someone like that? Do you know, like, 
They had the name. Their first name was... Was that Don Bradman? So no, there was somebody's son who had the first name. Something Lord. Like, Lord. Yeah, somebody yeah, was called Lord. Yeah, some they? people call yourself Lord. Yeah, I suppose Sir. That, that can be the only explanation. I mean, you can't. Have, it can't be Sir Herbert, and he's got a younger brother who's like fifty years younger than him. That, okay. How's that going to work? I think they're I know. probably going to be easier to weigh in on the Armands <laughs> debate than they are that one, unless unless they are Sir Herbert. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Andy quoted a newspaper feature a little bit earlier on that involved taking a handful of 40 almonds. And he said, whose hand, Pat? Jennings, 40 almonds. You ever tried old 40 almonds in one hand? Well, uh, I did ask whether the TalkSport listeners had enough time on their hands and indeed almonds to try that. And Andy Stonehouse and uh, Toby Tompkins have done exactly that. And uh, this comes, what's it says? Has Andy got his nuts mixed up? Maybe he was thinking of coconuts. Or does he have very small hands? And, it, and he's put hashtag nuts in your hand challenge. I didn't know it was a hashtag now. Um, <laughs> Blokes, easy. Blokes just sent me this on, on Instagram. I can't even show you, Paul, because I'm using my house. But he sent me bloke with 40 mark almonds in his hand. What a lot of work he's gone to yeah, for that well joke. Done. Well done. Well, the, the, the upshot of this is it's very easy to hold, to hold 40 almonds in one hand without being... Yeah, okay. Pat Jennings, so uh, that's that, that's all very doable. And how's that growth spurt coming on? Are you, are you feeling any taller in the last half hour? Yeah. Maybe you could I will it. A couple of inches. Is there a way to will a growth spurt? Am to Virgil van no, Dyke seven inches over a summer? I mean, if you could just get if we could get an inch out of you, it'd be marvellous, wouldn't it? So, but my uh, anyway. whole personality would change if I was tall. I wouldn't be so chippy, would I? I wouldn't be so short man syndrome. You, th- you, think, uh, you think that's where a lot of it comes oh, from? Oh yeah. Oh, of course, okay. yeah. No, I'm, I'm classic. You know, if, uh, if I was taller, I think I'd be more confident. I wouldn't need to do this. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, it's a, bit, a lovely bit of self-analysis. Anyway, we've been checking in with friends of the show during lockdown, and uh, we caught up with Tim Vine just before uh, we found ourselves in this predicament. Uh, he was in the studio with us, um, and he was about to embark. Well, I think he was, through, he was supposed to be doing his Plastic Elvis tour, which, of course, that was curtailed by the virus. But we catch up with him now. Good afternoon, Tim. Good afternoon, boys. And Andy, I'm six foot two and I'm not confident, so don't worry about it. <laughs> See, the height confidence ratio. How long? I mean, do you have to imagine? Maybe basketball players are generally. Dennis Rodman's quite a tall man and he's very confident, maybe. He's maybe very that's confident. what it is. Maybe that's what it's all about. There's two types of people in the world people who are, who are not confident and people who are pretending to be confident. <laughs> ah, very, very true. So, I think. Tim, um, that could be right. how, how have you been faring in lockdown? How's it been for you? Very good, actually. I, I mean, I, I um, one of the things that, I, that I've got in my house for the first time in the 20 years I've been here mm. is, uh, and um, don't judge me, the internet. Oh. I haven't had Wi-Fi <laughs> in my house ever. So um, wow. once this happened, I thought I really do need to stay in touch with people like my mum and stuff. So uh, I got Wi-Fi and I've got an iPad. So now I've suddenly, uh, I've suddenly been able to, oh, crack, I can make little videos and things, you know, so I, I'm busy filming myself being stupid a lot of the time right so it's been a kind of creative well, outlet good. for you never had before well it has in some ways it has been in other ways it's been it's been terrible for for my writing i was getting ready for the edinburgh festival before all this happened and of course the fact that that's not happening anymore um and uh, suddenly having the ability to make silly videos i i'm you know i'm not sitting down with a pad and 
pen very often writing jokes at the moment. Although I must admit, all this talk about almonds reminds me of the joke. I, I had a joke which had the punchline, Armand Geddon. I can't remember what the setup was. but <laughs> <laughs> It's a new reverse thing. I see you've got one here called, uh, it's episode two of Props. Where are they now? You have done yes. some funny well, exactly. stuff. Yeah, well, I, I uh, and the, that particular one was... Uh, I had this giant chimney that I came out of at the beginning of my show, Tim Timony, Tim Timony, Tim Tim to you. And uh, that's now <laughs> by my back door, that. So uh, I thought that was... Uh, I mean, the rubbish I'm putting up online, honestly. <laughs> so I must just say, in one of the most bizarre moments of our marriage, we've been married a long time, my wife has just wandered in with a very intent look on her face, holding 40 almonds in one hand. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, it's, it's obviously the craze that's sle- sweeping the nation. Uh, everybody's doing it. So I'd like to think if you've got some almonds at home, you're going to give that a try. I mean, she's got a small hand. Safely. Safely in there, Andy. Your safely. theory. Your theory is, uh, is it's very demolished. suspect. Very I wonder whether there's a certain amount of balancing can go on, like Jenga, nut Jenga. Because I mean, no. they're sort of fl- almost flat, aren't they, almonds? You could probably balance quite a lot upwards. Yeah, that's. I mean, they, they, yeah. they were they were they were safely cupped. I'd say right, it was okay. quite easy for her with a slight <laughs> angling of the hand. It was it was a, fine. Yeah, I remember a joke my agent came up with once where he said that eventually they'll be selling um, nuts in the post office. Cashew number five, please. Oh, that's, a, that's good. <laughs> that's, I like that. <laughs> Annoyingly for me, it's one of the biggest laughs in my act at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I still so do no, that, I Tim. I still I, I do still occasionally just. I'll sort of sit there and think of something daft, and then I think I might just send that to Tim. Oh, you should I, do. Yeah, don't yeah, I just, I, I, I send you now, I've sent you one or two, and I've thought of things, and you've said, I tried a variation of that, but it didn't work. Well, I, so, <laughs> I have said that in the past, yeah. but uh, not always, though. No, not no, not always. No, it's, I just, I mean, they are very, because the great thing about you, I, mean, I suppose it says a lot about you uh, as an act, really, that uh, I'll come up with something, and there's only one person that could carry that off. There isn't, it's not like I could just send that out to 10 different comedians. I just think no, no, well, there's well, only well, one bloke who could it, do that. It used to be a thing that happened quite a lot in, uh, when, in clubs and stuff where uh, comics would start a sentence with, uh, I got this joke, it doesn't work for me, but I thought it might work for you. <laughs> 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 I, uh, some of them, some of your posts are a bit cryptic. I didn't quite get. What's the one of you? You look like you're at a cri- a marquee, at maybe a cricket t- tea or something yeah. like that. And yeah. You've got a plate full of food, and you're saying, "I'll just eat this lot on my own." Was that is that a recent oh, yeah, well, photo? <laughs> well, no, it's quite an old photo, actually. You know, I, I don't know why. Someone uh, found these pictures of me when I was at, uh, opening some uh, playground or something at a, a school fete, <laughs> and. Uh, and I just, I do, I, I think sometimes I could do a, a delay between the moment I press send on Twitter. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I have found, I've found those true. gags. I've found those gags. I'll, I'll oh, put, right, give them to the audience and, and I'll, I'll, I'll look at our return. So I just, where did it go? I said, um, I, I said, Tim, I've, I've just thought of these. I thought you might like them. I said, I've changed my eating habits recently. I won't eat anything in a Bedfordshire town with an airport. I'm on a gluten-free diet. Ah, yes, when I did do something like that, which is probably what I said to you, wasn't it? It was, and then I said, you know, as soon as as I hit 40, I had this overwhelming urge to deliver babies. I was having a midwife crisis. Yes, and again, I had heard something like that before. I think your your crowning moment was the the panda joke that I can't quite remember. It was playing on... Wasn't it the eucalyptus? It was the it was it was the eucalyptus one. It was the wing mirror of the car and the koala bear driving 
Yeah. Eucalyptus. <laughs> that was it, yeah. That was oh, it was a koala, not a panda. You're right. <laughs> koala, that was it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a panda. No, it was a panda. Oh, no, pandas don't eat eucalyptus, what? do they? No, that was part of the joke. He walked past and knocked off a oh. windmill. I leant out the window. I said, Eucalyptus. He said, No, thanks. You got any bamboo? <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, you, you, well, you worked it up. I just gave you, you the bare, what? The, the bare necessities. <laughs> what you don't realise, Tim, is that uh, Paul not only has been developing all these jets, but he's also doing an Elvis tour as well. He's basically yeah. just cloning <laughs> your whole act. Yeah, good luck. The numbers are low at the moment. <laughs> have you been playing so much Elvis to get oh, you through lockdown? Have you, have you been playing a little bit of the King now and again? Um, I, I sort of when I go out for my my weekly daily walk hmm. um i uh, i quite often sing cause there's, a, there's about half an hour of the walk well it's about a half hour walk actually maybe half of the half hour maybe 15 minutes of the walk i'm not walking past people's houses so i can sing without being self-conscious so i have been going through some of the uh, elvis tunes while i'm out and about which must look a bit odd yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to think you of any of his songs do. i was gonna say any of his songs that come to mind that would that, that are kind of dealing with uh, with loneliness or uh, being solitary, I mean, quite a lot. You know, he's, he's often left by. Are, 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 are you lonesome, lonesome tonight? tonight? Of course, yeah. just yeah, me in course. the face for God's sake. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little less conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any <laughs> listeners? Have you got any other Elvis songs that seem to suit uh, lockdown? Uh, yeah, there's a phone in right there. Yeah, do, do let us know. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. My my wife likes to sing to me. Are you loathsome tonight? Yeah, <laughs> the answer yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what, what was I going to say? Yes. Now you should tell us a bit about Trust Darts because you've been appearing regularly, haven't you, with uh, Max and Charlie on a Saturday morning? Yes. Well, by regularly twice. Um, but I am. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I think I'm in the quarter final or something, and I'm just, I'm waiting ah. to play oh, that. Oh well. Yeah. Trust Darts is. It turns out it's. It's great fun. I have to, you have to balance the phone underneath the board so they can hear the darts land. And then you have to shout out and tell them what you've hit each time you, you've hit it. Now, the thing about that, though, is because you walk to the hockey, you're suddenly, you know, eight feet away from the phone. So you find you're shouting, one, like that, at the, <laughs> across the room. <laughs> the I've gone mad. <laughs> one, six. <laughs> Tim, better I've than just, that. You're I've a better seen, player than that. I've just seen online your um, Tim Vine Television progress chart that uh, your followers have been uh, getting yes, involved. Well, I, in. I, 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 what I did was I did this. I did fifty-four sort of one and a half minute episodes of me doing silly sketches and stuff. Mm. And I thought I'll put one up every week for a year. And I started that in um, last November. And so this whole period, quite by chance, um, means the stuff is still coming out every every Monday. And uh, it's just got up to tw um, episode 28, so we're halfway through. So Come I thought on. if anyone wants a, a uh, progress chart, they can stick it on the fridge and tick off it whenever they've seen an episode. Well, the episodes tick them off, actually. But, um, and uh, they just send off for free and get a free, uh, free chart. So I've got a friend of mine whose, whose job it is is to keep sending off these charts. And a certificate, I see, as well, Tim, that you offer to those that, that, that watch them all. A certificate of loyalty, yes. Yes. The ratings have gone into the 10s or 20s. <laughs> That's marvellous. Um, Max has just been in touch, by the way. You're in the semi-final this weekend against um, wow. uh, Razor Ruddock. Youch. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. I thought I was in the quarterfinal. Well, maybe I've got a bye. It's not often you get a bye out of the quarters. <laughs> that is no. very impressive. Andy, you've been offered a place on the, uh, on the warm-up as well. Are you prepared to come on this weekend and play table tennis live with Sue, Max, that he'll just leave you up and in intermittently come back to you like you're a bit of live sport going on in the background. Are you interested? Be, be fine. 
No problem, yeah. yeah okay, well, there we are, Max. Content, what more do you want? We're creating content. He's really getting, trying to drive all his tennis. listeners away. Yeah. I was going to say, t- table tennis has got... Uh, it's good for the radio in terms of the sound. It's got lovely sound, table tennis, isn't it? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it would sound true. good. On the radio. Yeah. Has anyone done that yet? What, uh, sorry, no, what on the radio? Table tennis. Table tennis on the radio. No, I mean, we've tried. We tried poker on the radio once on Talk Sport years ago. That was a, they said that wouldn't work, and maybe they had a point. But, um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, imagine table the tennis. Olympics. Olympics must have radio coverage of the table oh, tennis. Oh, come on. Surely How do you commentate Olympics? on table tennis on the radio? There's barely time to... Backhand, forehand, backhand, forehand. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're right. Slice. No good. <laughs> <laughs> um, did it's little, quick, um, did it? lie. It's no good. Backhand, forehand, backhand. That's not going to be any good, is it? For goodness sake. Very, very hard Probably to not. listen. Backhand, forehand, smash. Backhand, forehand, backhand. Yeah, quite musical. Oh, that's the sort of thing. Why yeah, not? Might work. All right, we'll give it a try. We'll find out the weekend when uh, when the boys are commentating on you playing. We'll find out how it all works out. So. Yes, yeah, no, I'm very much looking forward to that. Razor Ruddock's had it, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, can you start the trash talk? Oh, yes. Yeah. Certainly as he's in lockdown and so are you, you can trash talk where you like. Exactly. Yeah. He would have forgotten that in a few months, I'm sure. So, <laughs> so Tim, uh, what else are you up to? Anything? Um, well, no, I, I kind of... Uh... Not really. No, I, I tell you the thing I did the other day, which was great fun. It's called the Isolation Song Contest. I don't know whether you caught any of that. About 15 no. comics were all... Um, it was because of the, the lack of the Eurovision Song Contest. We were all allocated a country, and we had to make up a song and then do a video for it. And so I, um, I, I was representing Romania, and, uh, and I did a song called Room Mania, which was, you know, due to the lockdown. <laughs> and uh, that was great fun. So we, we, we did that, and, the, and everyone, everyone loved it. It was great. You know, the whole, everyone was doing these great videos and stuff. It was great fun. And I think the vote for that's on, uh, I think it's on the 27th of May. But it's, it's, it's great because it's going for three, the three charities it's supporting. So um, I can't remember all of them now. I should have given that some thought, shouldn't I? But anyway, if you look up isolationsongcontest.com, you'll, you'll see, and you can watch all the videos there and also uh, give to uh, these great charities, three great charities. Excellent. And the Plastic Elvis dates, are they being rearranged uh, at the moment? I suppose well, it's difficult, uh, isn't it? Yeah, the current rearrangement is mm. that it all starts again in September. But, okay. Uh, we'll see. And there'll be maybe another rearrangement. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, well, uh, good to talk to you. Uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, well it's, I'm, I'm definitely going to come and see you when you're back. I'm looking forward to that. So um, I was due to come and see you beforehand. So June the 15th, you were around my way. I was going to come and see you. But anyway. Right. Um, we uh, we will catch up with you soon, Tim. Yeah, and, lovely uh, to speak the two of you. Take Great care. Show, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Tim. That's very kind. Oh, you. All very the best. Sweet. Thanks, Tim. All right. Bless you guys. Bye. Tim Vine there. Go and look up the Isolation Song Contest and make a contribution. Watch all those videos and look out for Andy as well as Tim on the warm-up this weekend and a bit of live table tennis. Let's see if it is a radio sport. Our old mate Richie from Radio <laughs> 1 Mallorca. Andy's been in touch. He was oh, watching yeah. ITV Force coverage of the Euro 96 and presented to the teams, I'll take it maybe ahead of the Switzerland game, was the Duke of Kent, your old mate the Duke of Kent. Occasionally, he strays from the tennis and does the football. I bet he was speaking to them about tennis. He probably, See, I bet you're not happy having to play in the summer. But you'd rather play tennis, wouldn't you? Well, ask Stuart Pearce. He probably went up and said, well, how's your backhand? He said, I'm not really giving you a lot of thought at the moment about starting a European championship. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Uh, now, uh, the Real Kashmir uh, documentary, uh, I think it was last year, uh, was a bit of a cult classic. It was a bit of a word-of-mouth hit. It was first shown on 
BBC Scotland and, and picked up around the country and was a great watch and became very popular. And old mate Ali Ross, as he has in his column today in the Sun, alerted me to the fact a week or so ago that uh, Return to Rail Cashmere was going to be aired tonight on uh, BBC Scotland. You can get it there, uh, 457 on the Sky Planner um, down here. And so I'm very much looking forward to it. We thought we'd try and get hold of uh, Dave if we can. And we expected some slightly dodgy lines to Kashmir. But uh, he is back in the UK. And there's a story behind that as well. We're very pleased to say he joins us now. David, good afternoon. Hi there. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Thank you. Look, we're good. glad you're back uh, safely. Before we talk about uh, the show, it, it, I was reading uh, today. It sounded like a pretty tortuous journey home. Yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> pretty horrendous. It took us three Three days felt like John Candy um, getting there. Um, I think the first part was the worst part. Um, you know, obviously, Kashmir's that, and Srinagar, the city we came, we, we, I, I started from, um, mm. <clears throat> 16 hours to get to Amritsar in Punjab, but you've got to go through all these borders, you need all these paperworks and um, searches, all kind of things. But the road itself was, it's, it's the worst road in the world. It's Srinagar to Jammu, and it's 270 kilometres and it takes 16 and a half hours. Um, just because Whoa. it's uh, it scales the edge of a cliff and there's room for possibly two cars to get past. There's a sheer drop, there's no barriers, and there's goats, there's sheep, there's cows, you wow. name it, coming all with the cars and everything. just horrendous. And then we had a, a 10-hour flight from Amritsar to London and then a 10-hour bus journey back up to Aberdeen. So it was a, a bit of a... It was it was a hell, but it was glad once we got bad. there. Just good to get home, you know, it's horrendous. Yeah. What about the, the nature of the, sort of the paperwork sorted out to get out of the country? Because it was in lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah, well, there's, um, India's made up of states, so every mm. state border. Um, <clears throat> I think at certain, certain ones, there's quarantine if you don't have paper. So we had to go through two, two borders. So um, in theory, it could have taken us 28 days to get to the airport, but we had the correct paperwork, the High Commission um, eventually, you know, got things rolling and got the correct paperwork. But our driver on the way back, that took us, one of the club drivers, he got stuck in quarantine. He's there for two weeks, so I don't think he'll be too happy with me at the moment. Now, people remember you here as somebody who played Rabideen and Rangers and, and Leeds in England and for your country as well. And so maybe they hadn't heard a great deal of you, because I know you'd worked in the States until the, the first Rail Kashmir uh, documentary uh, came up, um, uh, which was you managing... Uh, this side uh, in in a obviously a very alien part of the world um, with kind of footballers you'd never really worked with before. Um, were you surprised how popular it became? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the club itself, when I first went there, I think it was January 2017, the, the, the players had no kit, they took their own ball, there was no equipment, there was no dressing rooms, there was absolutely nothing. Um, and, you know, bit by bit, against all the odds, we, we managed to sort of get this rag-ass team to to win I League Two, and um, then we become sponsored by Adidas. You know, we've got, um, you know, there's dressing rooms now, there's floodlights. When we played I League Two, there was probably 200 people came to the game, and now we get probably over about 20,000 wow. um, at games. So wow. it's a it's a huge um, a huge turnaround. And I almost left after two, well, I did leave after two weeks because you know I thought um, I felt a bit like Carol Pilkington going there. You you feel that you're um, <laughs> <clears throat> you think everywhere in India is sunny and it's the only place that's got four seasons. I got there day two, there was um, snow um, and I ended up, we couldn't train. So this guy says to me, OK, let's train inside. So I was expecting at least a school gym hall. 
it turns out it was somebody's front room's house. After we finished, they were bringing furniture back into the house. So um, it's just, and, and as, as a coach say, you've really got to sort of think on your feet and improvise. And, um, and I think that's why I swear so much, because of the, the frustrations that nothing ever goes right. <laughs> what period does the next documentary cover, or tonight's documentary? Well, so it starts um, the start of this, well, the current season that's been finished. Um, so it all starts when um, the abrogation of the uh, Article 370, um, basically that all got abolished. So they the cut all the internet off in Kashmir. This was day one when I arrived, lucky enough we're playing in Kolkata. Um, but, but the problem with that was the, the Kashmiri players that come, they couldn't call anybody, they couldn't get any internet, they could, even phone lines, everything. So they couldn't contact family. Um, and then we go through the whole season. Um, the middle part of the season is OK, we do OK. Um, and then obviously, like every other league in the world, the, the coronavirus puts an end to it all. So it, it's, it's weird because every season you think it's going to get better. Um, but it actually gets worse and worse every every year I go there. So day one was a complete disaster, and it sort of didn't get much better after that. <laughs> the, you mentioned the colourful language, Davy, and there is that there is some spectacular swearing in it. Um, and uh, I just wondered if any of the any of your players have sort of picked up some in the vernacular along the way. Well, they do. Yeah, some of them say the same words, but they, they don't. <laughs> they, I don't even know what they're saying. You know, and, and some of them that you know are very very religious, and, and they'll turn around and they'll. they'll tell like, the players what they think of each other and, and right. I don't think they understand but I think with me it's never really directed at the players it's more sort of it, the frustrations yeah. I'm with but I think it's funny because they're, they just get used to it and, and a lot of the times they laugh at me anyway <laughs> and, and your son is out there playing for you in, in the team isn't he? Yeah he's um, he, he was obviously went through the college system in America and then he came back and played at Stenhouse Muir Peterhead and um, he obviously playing part time and now he's came over to um, but you've got uh, Kashmir and because he's full time he lost 20 pounds in weight so he's he's actually um, he's quicker than I thought he was he's actually gained he's the only person in the world I've ever known to gain pace um, he's actually got quicker which is amazing but no he's done really well and he he enjoys it and it's good for me because he's there and you know there's a lot of tough times but we can sort of help each other through it Do you, do you know when you're likely to go back is the plan to go back when you can? Yeah, well, it will, um, yeah, the plan will be to go back. Um, you know, I've got a very good relationship with the owner, Sandeep. Um, you know, the look after us, and you know, it's it's all, believe it or not, it's actually the perfect job. But it's just in a completely wrong place. Um, if it was in Scotland somewhere, it would be the, the dream job. Um, just because the owners, it's it's a great situation to be in. And I think he was on the, the phone with AIFF yesterday, and I think the word has it at the moment they're planning to start November. Um, but they plan to start October this year and it ended up in December. So right. you can, I mean, India, you know what it's like. You can <clears throat> never plan anything. What, would you recommend it, Davies, as a lifestyle to other coaches out there, maybe if an opportunity came up like yours in India? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I took a leap of faith. I just had a go at it. I think it's a great opportunity. I know Owen Coyle's there. John Gregory was there. Steve Coppel's been mm. there. Um, you're well looked after when you're there. It's just the... You know, the organisation, nothing's organised. You've got to think in your feet. Everyone's last minute. Um, and if you've got, you know, some patience, you've, you've got half a chance. But um, it is, it pull, you, you pull your hair out with some of the things that happens. But it's, a, it's been, a, as I said to a lot of people, it's been a fantastic experience and something I'm glad I've done. And have you seen tonight's episode? Have they, have they showed it to you? Yes, I've seen it, yep, yep. So um, I, I didn't realise this, well, at the time until I saw it, that, um, and I think one newspaper picked it up, they actually swear more. I think it's double 
the amount of swear words in it. And I'd actually, after watching the first, that, it was okay watching this one. When I watched the first one, I was actually cringing every time I swore and I said things and I couldn't believe it. I, you know, it, you think, oh, no. And, and you know every bit that's coming. You think, oh, no, this bit's coming. Um, and I was actually thought to myself that I'm going to make a real effort not to swear in this one. But you just lose yourself in the frustrations and everything happens and... Um, and obviously Greg's there for I think a total of about maybe 10 weeks or something yeah. and because he's a good friend you get too comfortable with him and you end up you know just sort of saying things five minutes later you wish you'd never said uh, well, look forward to watching it tonight Debbie. good to talk Sounds to you good. stay safe thanks very much Perfect. for joining us okay. okay thank you cheers all the best Davey Robinson there formerly Leeds Rangers Aberdeen and Scotland and uh, you can catch Return to Real Kashmir tonight at 10 o'clock uh, BBC Scotland Channel 457 on the Sky Planner, if you want to watch it uh, down here. But the first one was great, highly recommended. Um, and are you going to watch it? It's really good fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll record it and watch it uh, probably You'll later. Be playing, you'll be late. playing table tennis or, or trying oh, to grow, yeah. of course. Now, we're, we're trying to will Andy <laughs> onto a growth spurt. Uh, if you've missed the show, uh, Andy said it was impossible to hold 40 almonds in one hand. Uh, that was proven within about five minutes that it isn't. And um, Virgil van Dyke. <laughs> Grew seven inches uh, over a summer when he was 16. So uh, we're, st- we're still hoping. Is there any way to kind of will on a growth spurt for Andy Jacobs? Uh, we'll <laughs> work on that between, between now and four. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Talks Ben Jacobs here on TalkSport every week around this time. Andy Smart, friend of the show, a ball runner, comedy store player, cheese chaser. I don't know if he's uh, 
a knobby to we'll have to find out um, we uh, Andy Smart joins us now good afternoon Andy <laughs> don't, don't. Good no, afternoon. We, spoke, we spoke to the winner of the Dorset knob uh, I know, I eating her, competition yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was very good she was very good she was I, I mean we I were trying eat, to rein her I, in I, she I was doing all the, dry, I can't eat I know I can't eat a dry one I'll tell you no <laughs> well done Andy that was very <laughs> very you. good for you now that's we, not helping that's not now um, you've you've won the lottery Andy so this could be the last time we speak or you maybe you'll tell us what you thought of us you've had you've had a win yeah. tell us more about that <laughs> oh it was so it was so exciting yesterday i got an, e- an email saying from the uh the, the, the postcode lottery and nice. i said and it said you have won so i said i said to my partner andrew i said sit down i've got some news and then i read further down it was a tenor and she was quite angry with me <laughs> <laughs> you were expecting you're expecting a giant jeff brazier turn up with a giant check weren't you <laughs> <laughs> I was looking out the window, yeah. Where oh, is it? dear, what a shame. Anyway, I had one of those news about your ticket this morning, and, uh, and oh, the news yeah. was I'd won a fiver. I wasn't set oh, for great. life after all. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so let's, let's top five racing movies. And the things that come across, I mean, again, you've given us your five. There's been more than five. Yeah. It's, it's not boxing uh, oh, it's in terms so, of... Oh, well, no. Yeah. No, I think there's actually more racing films because really? it, it appears it yeah well it, it crops up in quite a lot of movies that mm. uh, you know things like uh, my fair lady where they have the, oh, uh, yeah. the ascot racing scene and uh, when i started doing the research for this i ended up with about about 100 films that i had to sort of like narrow down wow. but uh, i've got it down to me top five now yeah Okay, we'll kick off then with number five, which is uh, uh, an Aussie film, isn't it? And again, based like a number of these, I think four yeah. out of the five, all based on true stories. Yeah, yeah, this one's uh, Farlap. Uh, he was a horse who ran, uh, won the nineteen thirty Melbourne Cup, and and was basically uh, 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 just gave people hope during the depression in Australia. It won uh, thirty seven out of fifty one races in its career. And uh, it's just a great, it's just a great story about. A, a, it was an ugly horse. A lot of the horses in these films uh, are often referred to at the start of the film as a really ugly or small horse, and then they mm. they have just that tenacity to win races, and uh, that's what makes them so special. But when the, I've actually seen uh, Fire, I went to the uh, museum in Melbourne, and uh, it's it, he's stuffed in a, a glass case oh. there. Oh, so I've actually seen Farlap. Yeah, uh, wow. They took How's he his looking? Out and it... He's still he's still quicker than some of your tips at Cheltenham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oi, oi. <laughs> <laughs> and his heart—they weighed his heart when they when they when they, uh, they took it out of him. It was six point two kilograms, whereas most horses have a a three point two kilograms. So it was three kilograms heavier than the normal. Wow. Uh, it was huge heart. Yeah, wow. and. Uh, it was it was called Farlap because uh, the four winners of the Melbourne Cup before that had all had seven letters in their names, so that the, they chose it for uh, uh, for that reason, and it means it means lightning in Thai. Mm. Um, but it's a, it's a great film. We're going to play you a little piece now. It was a fairly tro- apart from being ugly, it was quite a troublesome horse. It wasn't that keen, but uh, but they persevered. No, have, no. have a listen to this. What's wrong? Oh, I'm lazy. Bone lazy. Still won't run. Give up on him, Harry. Sell him. I'm not going to give him that satisfaction. He's going to learn to work hard even if it kills me. 
There we are. I love the idea of I'm not going to give the horse the satisfaction of being lazy. Uh, but it's, it's, it's written by a guy who wrote a film I absolutely love, an Aussie film called The Club. Have you ever seen it? Aussie Rules. Oh, yeah, yeah. What a film. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's a great film. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it was a great horse. It, it was such a big favourite for the Melbourne Cup in 1930. That someone actually, as they were walking it back to the stables, they had to walk it down the street hmm. from where they used to practice, where they used to train it. And uh, someone actually tried to shoot it, just walked up with a gun and tried to shoot the horse, hmm. which, I, which is actually wow. in the film, yeah. Yeah. Is that the, is that the so, horse? It sounds the, really good. The horse died in quite suspicious circumstances, and for years there was some sort of conspiracy theory it had been poisoned, and it was it was quite quite just. There's a dark side to the story, isn't there? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, and and the jockey uh, whose name was Billy Elliot, strangely. All mm. oh, right. Uh, when when the when the horse died on the track, uh, he, he 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 gave the saddle that he'd used on on. Uh, Billy Elliot to the uh, guy called George Wolf, who went on to ride Seabiscuit. Oh, who's uh, going to appear that? later on? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we won't but, give so away that's the quite order. A connection. Yeah. yeah. Before yeah. we play the next one, let's play you a little bit of the trailer. It's really a kids' film, uh, actually, but here's a little bit of the trailer. National Velvet, about a race called the Grand National, and a girl named Velvet whose biggest dream was to win it. Tell us more about your sister, Velvet. Sometimes she doesn't wash her neck. Horses. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? I want to be a famous rider. I should like to hunt. Ride to hounds. I should like to race. There we are, a bit yeah. of National yeah. Velvet. Yeah, it's a sort of Saturday yeah. afternoon movie. Mickey Rooney, of course. Um, yeah, and yeah, well, so um, Elizabeth Taylor, she Elizabeth Taylor, of course, yeah. Elizabeth, yeah, no. it's yeah, one of her first films. She was actually only 12 years old when she wow. was filming this, and she did all her own stunts. I mean, it wouldn't happen now. And she actually <laughs> fell off during the um, one of the race scenes that they were filming and broke her back. And oh my she goodness. healed so quickly, yeah, she healed quickly, and they, they she actually got back into the saddle and finished the film. But she suffered from uh, back in, uh, from bad back pains for the rest of her life because of that injury. And uh, the horse that they used was called, uh, what was it? It was called King Charles. And she loved the horse so much that the crew and cast got together and they bought it for her. So she, and she rode it for the rest of, rest of its mm. life. She had it as a pet. Uh, but mm. it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a classic film. Except, except <laughs> they haven't bothered to do any English accents. All, all the actors are American, so... When they go up to Aintree, they're all doing like New York accents, <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they jump, they jump right, which mm. which is obviously very annoying if you if you're a big race fan because at the national they jump left. Yeah, so, uh, yeah it's yeah. quite weird to see them jumping right in it, but it is a, it's a great story, and you know it's it's a bit of hokum, but it, it's, it's as you say, it's a great Sunday afternoon movie. Mm. Well, we'll rattle on then, and uh, on to the yeah. next film, which uh, I think is the only one that I think all of us have probably met the main protagonist in real life. Tell us what this one is. Yeah. This is uh, Champions, the story of Bob Champion. Yeah. Uh, he was a jump jockey in, in, in the 80s uh, and uh, came out in 84. Uh, he basically got, uh, he got testicular cancer, and they, they thought he would never ride again. Uh, and also the, the horse that he rode, Altoniti, in the National, uh, also had a bad leg and they thought he would never ride, run again. And the two two of them sort of got together and it's just about basically that they weren't going to let those injuries get them down. 
and uh, they went on to win the Grand National. It's just a great, it's a great film with John Hurt. Good and, story. Uh, yeah, and my mate uh, Rob Rob Hitchmo's in it as well. He's one of the other jockeys, and uh, Alison Steadman's first ever film, and Kirstie Alley as well is in wow. it, playing his American wow. playing his American wife. Yeah, yeah. Aldenetti plays I mean, himself. I, I understand. I, <laughs> he does. Does he? Yeah, yeah he does. I use, he does. Yeah, he does all the he does all the uh, jump training and everything. Yeah, Well, I used to I used to play cricket for Bob. Uh, Bob had a cancer trust uh, um, cricket team for mm. charity. We used to go round. I spent a whole summer going round these sort of village greens in uh, in Sussex, um, playing different teams. And uh, at the tea interval, when we were having our tea, Aldenetti would walk onto the pitch and have his picture taken with anyone. <laughs> he was a lovely horse. So, yeah. <laughs> Was he sort of scuffing up the footholes? If you were losing, would you get him out on the wicket? Get him out on the wicket for the spinners. I'll tell you, he was a, be- he was a better fielder than I was. That. So number two, Andy. That does sound good. We should move on. This is, again, another true story. American. It's a Disney film, isn't it? Yeah, well, the, the top two are both Disney films, uh, mm. and which is weird when you think that it's about you know the gambling industry. But there you yeah. go. Uh, Secretariat. <laughs> yeah. Secretariat is uh, is really the story of uh, Penny Chenery, who was uh, the woman who, uh, who, who uh, her father bred the horse uh, himself. He, he used to breed. Uh, he used to have two mares that he breed every year, and then he had a, 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 a guy that used to pay for them to be covered. And then they, they would they would meet up uh, at his club and they would toss a coin as to who got which horse, uh, which foal. And right. uh, she she loses the bet but wins Secretariat. So uh, it's then basically it was Secretariat's incredible horse. Uh, no, he still holds the record for all three of the Triple Crown in America for the fastest times, mm. which is incredible when he did it back in like '73. And it hasn't been beaten since. And, and the, uh, the last one, he, he actually wins by 31 lengths, which is just incredible when you think wow. about it. We're going to play a little bit in, of the trailer, a... Andy, actually. A little bit of the yeah. trailer from the movie, give you a flavour of it. Here we go. I need a good trainer just to get things stabilised. You need a Lucian Lauren. Dresses like Superfly. He's trying to retire. I'm tired of babysitting half-ton animals who are stubborn as their owners are. Any other questions? How much did you spend on that hat? The sharp-eared among you may have noticed uh, the voice of John Malkovich playing the trainer. That's right. Yeah, he mm. plays the uh, the, the Canadian, French Canadian trainer, and uh, it's uh, one of the horses they use. They use three horses as Big Red, as he was known uh, in the stables, and uh, one of them was actually a great great grandson of Secretariat. So. Oh, wow. That's why they chose him, yeah. Good Beautiful stuff. big red horse. And uh, number one, <clears throat> he did mention it earlier on, not a massive surprise. It was a huge book and a huge film subsequently, and a fairly recent one, relatively speaking. Yeah, 2003, mm. um, Sea Biscuit with Toby yeah. Maguire playing uh, Red Pollard, who's, uh, who's uh, an angry young man at the start of the film. And, and the, the horse is an angry young horse at the start as well. So it's a story, another story from the, uh, from the Depression era. Uh, which sort of inspired so many people at such a rough time. He ran 89 times and won 33 times out of the 89. And he was his 38 was his big season, and they 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 basically put him up as a match horse against War Admiral, who won the Triple Crown that year. 
And the guy who owned uh, War Admiral didn't want to run him against uh, uh, Seabiscuit. So they basically just, wherever he entered a race, they would just turn up at the track and say, OK, we'll enter it as well. well. Until eventually they had a... They, they had a race off, and uh, of course, Seabiscuit wins it. But it's a, it's it's a fantastic film. Uh, we're going to give you a little flavour of that. Films. Sorry, yeah, we'll go. We'll just give him a little flavour. We'll come back yeah. in a second. Just have a listen to this. Well, I just think this horse has a lot of heart. I'll lay even money that this nag Seabiscuit couldn't even finish six furlongs. I told you, look out for Rosemont. It's not my fault. Now he was flying up your day. No, I can't. What? See out there. He's eyed to us. He's blind in one eye. You don't throw a whole life away just because it's banged up a little bit. There we are, Jeff Bridges and Chris Cooper in there, and you had William H. Macy as well. So uh, good cast yeah, as yeah. well, Andy. Oh, it's a great cast. And there have actually been three films based on Seabiscuit's life in 39, 49, and 2003. And uh, it, it's because it's such a, it's such a feel-good story. Um, because they, in his first races, he, he, he only won 10 of his first 40 races. Hmm. Uh, he showed nothing as a two-year-old. And then they, basically it was because he wasn't being trained right. And then they get this French-Canadian <clears throat> trainer in. who just shows him a bit of respect and, and they, he doesn't beat him so much and just encourages the horse to run in, in its own style. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's Disney, obviously, but it's, it's yeah. a fantastic feel-good movie. Brilliant. Uh, Andy, we're going to have to leave you there. Lovely Can to I talk just to you. Make, oh, yeah, sorry, one, yeah. one point, Andy very quick point. Yeah. It does yeah. strike me that American football would be a good subject for you, Andy. There are loads that's, of really top yeah. films, so I, I thought that's that might be good be for you. going to be my next week, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. I just, there are a lot, of, a lot of English films I didn't put in, but there we go. Uh, it's a, like, uh, it's a Derby Day, My Fair Lady, uh, Rain, The Rainbow Jacket is a great film with Bill Owen. Uh, and then there's uh, Trouble Brewing with George Formby, obviously. Oh, yeah, of course. And Day at the Races. <laughs> yeah, Day at the Races. We can't leave out. Day at the Races. Day at the Races. We can't leave that out. Yeah, no, that's Harpo very true. And no, no, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We've been raiding the archive, of course, throughout lockdown. And um, we're in Russia 2018. We were in Kaliningrad for day one yesterday. And uh, that evening, we went off to watch... England play Belgium in the uh, final group game. Um, it was pretty eventful, so we thought you'd bring you that uh, this afternoon. group game. Plenty of England fans here. They've been in great spirits and they're really behaving themselves. Having a drink in the Belgian fans. It's been a great day. Been a lovely day. Alan Carr's in in front of us. <laughs> Just had some very expensive chocolate. We're right in the mood now. We're right in the mood. Here we go then. We won't sing the Belgium national anthem, obviously. So 
ten minutes in, and uh, we've made a bright start. Our fans are out singing their fans. have been yeah. brilliant, the England fans, haven't they? Yeah, it's a lovely open game, plenty of space. That was a close there, but it never crossed the line. I spoke to Roger Hunt. Good. I've yeah. gone on that for at least five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, bloke in front of me, Alan Carr. He's got the Facebook. Yeah. He's got the Twitter on his screen. He's got emails. You have to say the lad's really multitasking. He certainly is. And uh, good news is we got in. The bad news is so did the England band. But they're making a lot of noise. I think they're doing well tonight. I'm on their side this evening. I know. But, you. Uh, yeah, Belgium two best chances but we're doing all right uh, right. we'll see what the only thing is i've got the wrong glasses on so i start to see double these there's only two jamie bodies (laughs) so here we are sort of uh what 27 minutes in and belgium have had again a third chance the better chances in the game England are still right in it. England on the ball now, though. That's right, yeah. Jamie Vardy. So what happens here? Just hanging on. Loftus cheek swings it in. It's still a little bit too deep for uh, Rashford. Yeah, I mean. It's a funny game. We're ahead on bookings, which is an important. Yeah, that's theme. another book. Tielemann's got books. Yeah, he got two book. bookings. Yeah. So we're topped by two bookings. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the bloke in front of me, though. He's really sensational multimedia. He's got. He's gone on to Instagram now. He's got WhatsApp we're going. On Spotify. He's, he's just playing some music. He's got a musical soundtrack Honestly, to this game. Uh, I'm just waiting for him to put the old Oculus Rift virtual headphones on. I'm waiting for him to go to MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Honestly, and. Uh, the bloke sitting next, the England fan sitting next to the bloke with the drum is sponsored by Neurofen. I think he must be, yeah. But it's a weird game because both sides are sort of very disjointed. They're not used to playing together, so it's hard, isn't it, I think? It's got a draw written all over it. Freethy will be delighted. So keep, they should keep racking up those bookings. Yeah, half-time. Yeah, it's a a strange half we, we kind of grew into it a little bit there was a chance where Loftus-Cheek could have pulled the trigger and didn't it took an extra touch the best thing is the bookies every time there's a booking we're celebrating like oh you yeah. gave you wizards next year you gave him a hug off that I third did. one well basically Incredible. it's 3-0 England on aggregate at the moment so uh, yeah, that bloke, we're winning the group that bloke in front of me is really driving me mad honestly I'm going to tweet him in a minute saying why don't you watch the game what a waste <laughs> of a ticket I think he's writing copy I think he's with the Kaliningrad bugle well yeah he hasn't stopped working has he well so if he's working on them doing. There's only more man for a man than Alan Carr, actually. There's one for the teenagers. That bloke in front of us as well, he's got a massive head in I'm sure I saw that ball used in the 1930 World Cup finals, <laughs> in the FIFA exhibition. Oh, well, there we are, half-time, nil-nil. Thinks better of it, works it back for Yanazai. Yanazai taking responsibility and curling one into the top left-hand corner. Well, that's a game-changer. Well, you can't argue with that. What a cracking finish. Was that Yanazai? Yeah, it looked like it's a great finish. Yeah, he took it well. A little bit disappointing there. Um, I don't know whether to celebrate or not. <laughs> oh, well. Never mind. Plenty of time to come back. Yeah. Again, they've had the better chances, although when they've been in possession, they've looked very happy just to keep the ball. When they've been dangerous, they've been dangerous, which England haven't been. He's not had to make a save yet, has he? No, no, not yeah. at all. Laying forward into the feet of Vardy. Vardy spins it forward. Rashford, what a chance for 1-1 this is. He's put it wide. Well, Marcus Rashford just had a decent chance to score, but didn't stick it away. They're not playing with a great deal of confidence, England, are they? No, they're not. And, uh, of course, we're very good on one-on-ones, but, you know, what can you do? He should have put it away. As you say, a lot of tentative play since the goal seems to have affected them. Alan Carr in front of us, though, he's filmed the people behind us. I don't know why he's even bothered to come, no. really. He could go home now. He could just go downstairs and watch it on the telly, couldn't he? What's that? A bit of Kenny Everett about him as well, never mind Alan Carr. <laughs> there he is. And that is that. England 
unbeaten in the 2018 FIFA World Cup for the first time. Beaten but not vanquished. They finished second in the group. Here we go, final whistle. I think it's fair to say none of the England second string stepped up and said, you got to pick me, Gareth, did they? No, none of them. And, you know, the Belgian fans were all delighted, but, you know, it was, didn't really mean anything, did it? You know, ultimately, they were the better team. Yeah. I'm a bad loser. They deserved to win, though. And uh, the key moment, Rashford's chance. Yeah, one-on-one with Courtois. They've gone in, 1-1. One, one. But you can't argue that no. England deserved anything from the game. Loftus-Cheek showed a few moments. Yeah. Just a bit tentative. Absolutely. You know, yeah. should, he should have had a shot, didn't have a shot. Just... I don't know what's more annoying, losing with that bloke in front of me. I'll tell you what, I think, <laughs> I think it's taking his white immigration slip and shredding it so he can't get out of Russia. <laughs> oh, well. So there we are, that's how it all unfolded. That bloke in front of us, I booked him for a two-week holiday at the Navigator. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible to watch. He was just, he had every form of social media open on a very small laptop. And he he had his phone, and he had two phones, both with other, I mean, stuff I've never, Bebo. (laughs) Stuff we've not not seen for years. It was was just, it was amazing. There we are. Uh, This is us for real now, by the way. That wasn't us for real. That That was was confusing, wasn't it? In 2018, but uh, (laughs) reflecting on it. But yeah, the guy, but it was a real, Andy does, Andy fixates on Sam. You go and watch a game of football with him, and and he, as you probably noticed, he fixated on that bloke in front of us, who was annoying because he, he basically just wasn't watching the game. He probably was press, wasn't he? But I mean, sure, if he's football press, he should watch some football, shouldn't he? He was just too much multitasking. Yeah, annoying. <laughs> thinking about it now, I'm annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> just look at the game, if mate. He's just a little bit taller, and if that growth spurt could kick in, you wouldn't get worried about things like that. Anyway, there's been a murder. Uh, breaking news: There's been Ooh. a murder. Well, that's not breaking news. It happened oh, no. at Leddersford Town, and Steve Barnes is the manager. And uh, this is the book, of course, Striker. Excla- striker! Exclamation mark. The book written mm. by uh, Steve Bruce, the Newcastle manager, back in uh, 1999. One of three murder mysteries and uh, he's, he's in a bit of trouble uh, old Steve he has been accused hasn't he Andy he's been accused of, yes, he uh, has. of killing his killing his star striker which I mean I think is it probably going to be three games the LMA will still back him they'll find a way to get behind him <laughs> yeah. as a member but um, anyway let's rejoin Steve Bruce's murder mystery striker from where we left off yesterday, after being arrested for star striker Pat Duffy's murder and released on bail, Lettersford Town boss Steve Barnes is preparing for their match against prom- promotion rivals Fulton. I don't know if Fulton play on the banks of the River Thames. They're playing at the weekend. <laughs> I stared intensely at this pitch, this field of dreams. God, you can see why this goes for a thousand quid on Amazon, can't you? Lettersford has a state-of-the-art stadium, as well as soccer, it caters for the local rugby team and is a venue for pop concerts, probably rock concerts as well. It's a central part of the life of Leddersford. For many a mile you can see the trusses rise from the high-tech stadium like cross bananas. Cross bananas? Soon I was lost in thought. A sound behind me made me turn. For a moment there was a twinge of fear. Was someone about to stick a knife blade in my back? Oh sorry gaffer. I turned, relieved to see Martin Thornton, the side skipper, and Jimmy Lawson, one of the strikers. Hello, lads, I said quietly. We just want to say, Gaffer, well, we're sorry about... Martin was lost for words. He had no practice in this kind of thing. How do you tell the manager you're sorry he's been accused of murder? 
We're talking for all the guys, Jimmy Lawson said. I noted that Martin was wearing trainers and Jimmy wore boots, highly polished. Wonder whether that's going to mean something later on in the book. If there's anything we can do, Martin said. Thrash Fulton on Friday, I said. That's the best way you can show your, your solidarity. I'm going to get a bloody hat-trick, Lawson said. And in his voice there was more than support for me. There was a kind of triumph. If you pick, Jim, I cautioned. Oh, I'm on the sheet, Jimmy said cockily. I haven't put it up yet. Eddie has, Martin Thornton said quietly. He's picked a balanced team, Jimmy added. He stared me full in the eye. His cockiness was displayed openly as arrogance. Clearly, Jimmy Lawson had decided I was now a back number, that my managerial days were as good as over. What about that? I just wonder if uh, Dance, as Steve Bruce doing brilliant there, was editorialising slightly when he talked about the trusses rise from the high-tech stadium like cross bananas. But no, I've just found it. Page 46. That was the description that, that Steve yes. used. So well done. Uh, marvellous. I well love done, the ad-libs, though. Yeah, yeah fantastic. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We've got a bit of planning news, Andy. Have you got a bit of planning news? Ooh, because I know I've... Well, I think you've got I the think same... mine's plan- the same as yours. It's the same planning news. I was quite shocked by it. I mean... <laughs> planning uh, news. Planning news, that's it. Oh, planning, planning news. news. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, it's Sergio Romero, the Manchester United goalkeeper. He's been asked to tear down yes. a, uh, a £20,000 adventure playground from his front garden. We thought, that's a bit tight. You know, the kids at the moment, they're, they're off school. They need a bit of entertainment. Yeah. But neighbours said it was like a theme park. And for 20 grand, you'd expect that. But um, yeah. it's it's so big, it needed planning permission. It, it, it's, got its, own, it's got a clubhouse. It's got a clubhouse. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> Maybe it's not like a club. It's not a 19th hole or something. They don't have, like, <laughs> events there. It's got a 12-foot high castle, 10-foot slide. I mean, so after Man United youth team are going to be one of going down the old slide, aren't they, you would have thought. And it's got a penthouse den. Whoever penthouse den is, it sounds like something from a Guy Ritchie movie. Went by the name of penthouse den. Um, like him. But, uh, yeah, it's a 2.8 million mansion, so it needed a kid's uh, theme park to go with it. But um, the well, You haven't mentioned complain. it's a few doors down from uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. I think his old gaff, not his current one. I think it was. I don't know if it's his. I don't know if it's Sir Alex's complaint. Well, it says the family's two point eight million oh, right. mansion is a few doors down from old oh, former manager. No, yeah, yeah former manager at Sir oh, Alex Ferguson's oh. home. Well, not one his former p- home. Oh, okay. Sorry, one of the people said <laughs> this enormous installation is more suited to a commercial theme park than a quiet residential road. Uh, somebody else says it's too large. It's a serious distraction to passing motorists. Blimey, it must be big. God, it and, must be uh, big. So he's, he's got a poor old, uh, old Sergio's got to take it down. Imagine Sergio's kids out, outside the council <laughs> office is crying. It's bigger than that. I've got flat. a very quick. I've got a. I've got a quick one. For, yeah. Did you see sports personality Tyson Fury? Obviously. Not it hasn't been that much sport this year, but he's yeah. odds on to win it. But second, second favourite, yeah, and it shows you how little sport has been is Joe Wicks. Really, second favourite to win sports personality. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, but Sue's third favourite with her table tennis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Joe Wicks has good. been. I've been. I've been doing them about sort of about three a week, oh, couple yeah. of weekends. Tremendous, but, but not sports personality of the year. No, I would be pushing it a bit, but they have been. They have been very good. But I mean, it's, it's oh, one of yeah. these things where he's always. You join me now. I'm in the shadow of the Golden Gate Bridge, 
Yeah, he seems to do them from all these very exotic locations. I mean, he, he, but he still kind of puts yeah. you through it. But they've been actually they are very well done, I must say. I've uh, I intend to keep them up when when the, my eldest lad who, who bullies me into doing them was finally. It's finally gone home after all this. That's, that's the plan. So anyway, um, have you got any taller? Uh, we started the show by seeing if Andy would get a growth spurt. We thought he's getting feeling a bit taller. I am. I think I'm six foot three now. That's incredible. That's I started the show. I was five Fantastic. foot six. You'll be playing for the Bulls soon, won't you? Fantastic. Yeah. A late growth spurt yeah, in the mid-60s. Not the Chicago Bulls, obviously. Let's, the Chiswick Bulls. The Chiswick Bulls. So anyway, what's worth watching okay. on the telly tonight? Well, Mike Ward is about to tell us. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. So another night in, the, in front of the box for many this Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, joining us now to, to talk about that very subject. Uh, as he has throughout lockdown, is the star's Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, guys. Before we uh, talk about your, your selections, Mike, <clears throat> I see yeah. um, the good people on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire have, have been telling everybody that um, somebody gets up to the million-pound question tonight. Mm. What a spoiler I thought that was. And they said, oh, you don't want a big spoiler. <laughs> you already made it a spoiler. We yeah, know that the whole of it, before he gets to the million, he, he does answer the questions. I couldn't see the point of that. But I don't all. know. Would you, but, I mean, would you watch a bog-standard millionaire, uh, or would you yes. now go out of your way to watch it because someone is going to go for a million-pound question? You will watch it, but yeah. you're sort of watching it just waiting for... You're more likely to watch it yeah, on catch-up. Just come up. in on the million-pound question. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. you're, not, you're not necessarily going to sit and watch the whole thing. So I, I bet you it gets a bigger audience it, tonight than it normally yeah, does for that reason. It probably Of course, the very first one, uh, what's, what's her name, Judith... Um, Keppel. Keppel. That was sort of announced hours before that she'd won it. So we, you know... Yeah. The, it was never, you know, we never had that sort of big moment where the whole nation at one, you know, in one... You know, dramatic moment discovered no. that somebody won it. So, and that's never going to be. So, there you go. what broke me no, out? I, of I agree with Paul. Sorry. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Paul. People will yeah. watch it. People yeah, will watch it right. for that reason. I think, from a marketing point of view, they probably maybe the figures were been been a bit flat, and they thought let's let people know there could be some big money one. So I said I went in a cold sweat when I saw that the final question was on motorsport, and uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Mike. <laughs> yes. I was phone a friend on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, I didn't know that. And um, I got the answer wrong. <laughs> it, it really is really... Well, I didn't know the answer. <laughs> I mean, well, it, that's it, all right. That's fair enough. Did you say was, you didn't know the answer? Well, it was yeah. Well, it was it was uh, Harry Hill and Al Murray, and they were doing one of the celebrity ones. Oh, okay. And um, and the questions. The, the the big sport for Al is motorsport. He knows a lot about F one. Yeah. So I thought if if they've done a phone a friend, it's going to be something I know about. And I'm not a big F one expert, obviously. So, of course, uh, Chris comes on and he says, oh, the question's on F1. I thought, oh, you're kidding. Uh, <laughs> no. Al thought he knew it, but he just wanted verification. But uh, And I think they were right. And he, he just, I just got it hopelessly wrong. But, uh, oh, obviously, not great, is it? Not the, great. Well, the nerves get to you. Chris <laughs> yeah, they, Tarrant calls. It's always the way, isn't it? They do. That's a, yeah. So, anyway, good luck to whoever's doing it You're not like that tonight. bloking quiz, are you? The bloke, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, elsewhere... <laughs> Um, life drawing live. Are, yeah. are, you, are, you, are you naked for this one, Mike? I am naked you're, for this one. you're sending us to this show. <laughs> well, I offered my services, so I said, "No, we're going to use a bowl of fruit instead." In all honesty, um, yeah, more art, more more art, and live as uh, uh, with a, with a capital. Uh, sorry, with a, with an exclamation mark at the end. It's that wow. live. It's not just ordinary live. Uh, Eight o'clock, BBC Four. Uh, 
um, Josie Darby introducing it, somebody posing naked. Uh, people socially distancing, so Ooh. sitting slightly further back and presumably turning up with binoculars or whatever to uh, to do the thing. And we're encouraged to uh, to draw along at home, which, you know, if you're watching Who Wants to Be, I, mean, I guess you can, what's the second screen, can't you? You can do yeah. a bit of life drawing <laughs> and, and wait for the million pound question. Yes, yes, yeah. too, too much too much going on. There's just there's a lot of art now, isn't there? It's, yeah. It seems to be the, the well, thing. I sat there last night seething throughout uh, Grace, <laughs> Grace really? Perry's wonderful program. I was just seething at that woman on, on in the Sunday Times that slagged him off and slagged him off for not being a TV presenter. You think mm. you're really missing the point. This is the most... If you can't see that this is a brilliant piece of television, mm. you in the most difficult circumstances, you should never be allowed to write about television you're ever not gonna again, get in my view. Make more nasty comments about TV critics. I'm, I, you know, you, I fell into that trap yesterday. I think they're brilliant. I think they do a <laughs> Great. I, I yeah. consider them key workers in all when you would all have your annual get together at the Ivy with your fag holders all sitting there with a big ballon of brandy yeah. you'll, you'll be getting some clog won't you you broke, yeah. you, broke you broke the code by slagging one of them off yeah. 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 so uh, this anyway. is just someone standing there naked for an hour and people drawing them effectively yes I mean okay. I, think, I, I, I believe if, this, if, it, if it works like it worked last time I think before nine o'clock there will be yeah, more discretion shall we say in the present yeah. day yeah. I don't know. It doesn't what? sound good for one it. of the people joined because the phrase "is that meant to be a leg?" is used. That, that doesn't. That doesn't yeah. it sounds like something from Tony Hancock, the Rebel. Doesn't it? Is that meant to be a leg? It's like uh, me. I think. I, I, I just wonder whether why does it always have to be somebody with no clothes on? Where? where what does that sort of? St- yeah. I mean, I, re- I realize the tradition of the of the nude in in art history. Yeah, but, it's you the know, human could, form, isn't could it? Could we not have something else? Somebody in a change? overcoat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do like the sound of this at nine o'clock. Though I'm, I'm definitely going to watch this. Rob and Romish versus NBA basketball, and it's really topical, isn't it, with the last dance and all? You know, people getting involved and interested in basketball. So this sounds really good. Yeah, they, they're in LA for this, and uh, as ever, they're often one of these trips where they discover something that they, you know, not necessarily that keen on or interested in, but they're going to give it a go. So, but uh, uh, inevitably, they're not very good at it. But what they're going to do is is learn. A little bit about what's required with a view to actually doing a, a, a one-on-one challenge during a, yeah. a, a break, uh, during a game between the LA Clippers and the Houston Rockets. It doesn't quite, I, I'm not going to give too much away, we've had enough spoilers for one day, hmm. uh, it doesn't quite go according to plan. And then the second part of the programme, they go to Paris for the first ever NBA game uh, played there between the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, Michael Jordan's Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Hornets. Okay, I mean, uh, uh, Romesh uh, is a fair bit taller than yes. Rob, isn't he? I mean, yes. which obviously helps in this case. I would well, imagine. you think so, but again, he seems to be <laughs> of the opinion that, uh, that that Rob is quite infuriatingly. I don't think Rob is is is, is a natural like he was okay. at ballet in the last episode, but he does seem to sort of take to it initially uh, more naturally than than Romesh does. Okay, well, we check that out. Um, Paul uh, Paul Hollywood still eat in Japan. We yes, see. Yes, he see. Well, there's two things on this tonight. Uh, first of all, he eats. Uh, he, he buys a three hundred and fifty pound strawberry from a guy. Oh, really? <laughs> Blimey! Fifty thousand yen. Where was he? Yen. Wimbledon. 
<laughs> well, yeah. it might as well be, yeah. It looks like a really nice strawberry, but there is a limit to how much it should be for that money. It's a Blimey. Japanese strawberry. I was going to say breeder. That's not the right word. What's the word? Somebody who grows. Grower. Stuff. Grower, that'll do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's. Um, I hope this one, isn't it? Um, yeah. So he meets this guy who grows his thing. I think he sort of sees him coming, to be perfectly yeah. honest. But they, he says, yes, this, this will retail for 300 because it's grown under very special circumstances and, you know, other special lights, blah, blah, blah. But even so, I mean, nothing can defend that sort of price tag for a strawberry. Uh, also on the program, <laughs> is, <laughs> absolutely not. It's a disgrace. <laughs> what is the world coming to? Um, and also Kit Kat. Apparently, Japanese people are obsessed with Kit Kat, and Nestle have launched over 400 different types. This is genuine. 400 different mm. flavors of Kit Kat in right. Japan over the years, including wow. such things as wasabi. Uh, matcha green tea Oof. and chestnut. Oh, those are three oh. separate ones, not together. Can't d- chestnut can't, I could do, but chestnut's right. wasabi. Can't dip that in your tea, can you? The old wasabi <laughs> Kit Kat. Well, that's going to be horrible. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's disgusting. No good, is it? That's really like eating some of that, um, that you know, that really, really hot. Um, and the peas, I like a wasabi pea. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. Not, not dipped can in I, tea, though. Anyway, can have I to just go say, soon, what do you want to say? <laughs> I know, very, very quickly, can I just say, I'm really enjoying Meet the Richardsons with John Richardson and his it's wife, so Lucy good. Beaumont. It's, it's so really good. good. It's yeah. a really fun programme. It's on Dave. Well, very enjoyable. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. Thanks very much, as always, for listening. We'll have a bit of Mike Parry and all his uh, madness uh, tomorrow in lockdown. Tim Vickery will join us from Rio as well and lots more besides. Until then, keep safe. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.